It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome to the latest episode of our new podcast, Go Atlanta, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm the AJC's arts and entertainment editor, Shane Harrison. We're here every Thursday to introduce you to the most interesting people, places, and things to do in and around Atlanta. This is the podcast to get you ready for the weekend. This is Rodney Ho, AJC Entertainment Reporter. If you're crazy for Madonna, we'll tell you about her return to Atlanta at State Farm Arena. I'm Yvonne Zussel from the AJC's Food and Dining Team, and I'll tell you about a longtime Atlanta sushi restaurant that has relocated to a new spot. And I'll tell you what we have coming up in this week's Go Guide on Friday and the Sunday Living and Art section on Sunday. If you're listening to this podcast on AJC.com, please take a moment to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Roddy, what have you been up to this week? Oh, yesterday I, I had my uh, disastrous debut at, uh, doing live band karaoke at Mad Life <laughs> Studio in uh, Woodstock. Ah, okay. It was their oh. very first live band karaoke. You know, Ten High's been doing it forever. Right. And I think other spots have done it, but they are experimenting and right. decided to be one of the guinea pigs. And What's uh, your song of choice, Rodney? Well, I, I don't know. I, I think I got overconfident and I picked a song I didn't know well enough, which was Chicken Fried by Zach Brown. Oh. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I watched it over and over again on YouTube, the karaoke <laughs> version, but then, of course, I hear the live band version and I'm like and they had like a little screen that is supposed to guide you but uh-huh. the guy who was trying to help me guide it was totally off <laughs> so I, instead of listening to the band I was reading off and, it, and nothing was matching up oh. it was it was a disaster so you prepared <laughs> you went and watched the YouTube video before I was prepping because I thought That's but impressive. I still didn't know the song well enough I was like I, I gotta pick a song from the 80s I know those songs much better so yeah I, live I band karaoke is it, it's not the same it definitely like has a different rhythm to it oh and yeah like. you have to listen to the band and I was just like totally yeah. like focused on the screen and just went kablooey yeah, yeah. It, it was I'm it was sure not it wasn't as bad as you thought it was yeah, about halfway through I finally figured out how to match up with the band but it was yeah the first minute and a half was <laughs> so they a did, train wreck did they not have they, they, I mean did they give you a list of things or I mean what do you mean like songs that yeah you yeah they give you a list of 60 songs you pick songs and I, I pre-registered and I picked that song out of right. some idiocy because I like Zach Brown it's like oh I could do chicken fried uh, maybe not <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I would think you would be much more comfortable with something from the yeah, 80s yeah or... I've done Jesse's Girl before and yeah. a couple of things on live band karaoke years ago but right. um, yeah I'll stick with the 80s next time yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's now that's you know that's idea. your wheelhouse yes <laughs> yep <laughs> 
Oh, I'll drive up to watch you at some point. I would love to see you in action. I'm oh sure. my, I'm there sure were some really good singers. I mean, they, clearly the band brought in some ringers, like actual real musicians. They came in and they just blew the house down. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm supposed to follow that? Yes. No, <laughs> I, I was there early. By the third hour, it's like they'd run out of regular people, so they brought in all their friends to just sing. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not supposed to be great. It's supposed to be fun. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nobody cares if you can carry a tune as long as you can entertain the people. Yes. That's exactly. the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure who I entertained, but it was only a couple <laughs> minutes, so it came and went. <laughs> There's something to be said for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for it being over quickly. Well, let's get on with uh, some of our uh, topics this week that uh, we're going to hit First up, we just heard about this. Uh, the James Beard Awards have Hot been off announced. The presses, yeah. yes. Uh, James Beard semifinalists. Semifinalists, right? Yeah. And uh, Atlanta had a pretty good showing. You know, this is the first round, and then uh, the finalists will be announced um, in March. And then the actual awards will be announced in June. Uh, so this is just the first round. But there are a lot of first time Atlanta chefs who are being recognized. And it's very exciting. Deborah Van Treese from uh, Twisted Soul. Right. She's been cooking for a long time in the city. And this is the first semifinalist nod for her, which is kind of surprising. Ron Sue of Lazy Betty. Uh, mm. His restaurant was in the running for Best New Restaurant when it opened in 2020. Uh, but this is his first nomination for Best Chef Southeast. And then uh, Sahar Siddiqui of uh, Chaipani and Decatur. Uh, this is also her first time. We actually, <laughs> Lagaya and I were calling some chefs to get reaction and several of them have, hadn't even heard yet <laughs> that, that they were right. they were semifinalists, which was kind of fun to break the news to them. And then we have some, uh, some restaurants that... Um, are semifinalists uh, for like the second or third time. So Ticonderoga Club, they are a semifinalist in the outstanding uh, hospitality category. They were a finalist in the category last year, and they have also been recognized uh, for their outstanding bar program in 2019. And this is like good news for them at a hard time because they are temporarily closed still because of a pipe burst in December. Um, And they've been doing fundraisers around town trying to, you know, Keep keep everything moving while they uh, are right. working on keep reopening. Their employees and, yes, and exactly. C- continue <laughs> to pay their employees, and then Lila Lila in uh, Midtown. They're a semifinalist for the second year in a row for their wine program. Mm. Um, so yeah, exciting news for them. Cool. Another first timer is uh, Buena Gente in uh, Decatur. Oh wow! Yeah, so they are uh, they are semifinalists for uh, outstanding bakery. So oh, I I love that place. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's great. I'm very happy for yeah. her. And uh, a couple of Savannah spots, uh, the Gray, which yeah. has been recognized, you know, uh, multiple times. And then um, a bakery in Savannah was also nominated for uh, in the Outstanding Bakery category, Unforgettable Bakery and Cafe. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good showing for it Georgia. Is. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. So, um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens when the finalists are announced. Yeah. Um, we usually get at least a couple you know, in the in the Southeast uh, Best Chef Southeast category, and then like maybe one or two in the national awards. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're hoping that we might be able to get some of them on here to uh, talk to us at some point. Yeah, um, Lagaya is hoping to to grab some of them for uh, next week's podcast. Yeah, so, so yeah, we'll we'll uh, look forward to that. Uh, talking to the folks about their their possible award. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And uh, uh, speaking of restaurants, we have a new. 
a story in our Atlanta Classic series on Polaris. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, everyone, even if you haven't been there, you, you know iconic. it. It's Yeah, you yeah. know it by looking at it. The Blue Dome is like <laughs> just part, has been part of the skyline of Atlanta since 1967. And um, it's also a really important historic restaurant. It was the first integrated hotel. It's in, in the Hyatt Regency, and it's the first integrated hotel and restaurant in Atlanta. Hmm. Um, and Sir uh, Zernona Clayton, who's a you know very well-known civil rights leader, yep. has called it the Hotel of Hope for that huh. reason. Um, there's a lot of history behind the restaurant. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I've never eaten there. What type of food over the it's years? It's kind of like new American. Um, uh, and, you know, I think the food is considered good, um, but I think uh, you go also just for the experience, right? right. I mean, you're inside this this big blue dome. Um, another kind of cool thing about it is that um, they have their own bees on the roof of the restaurant and they use the honey from the bees to <laughs> make some of their dishes, some of their desserts, uh, which is kind of neat. Um, Very random. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out and definitely worth reading about. And uh, they have they have a, a couple of cool initiatives that they've been working on. So th- basically, they, they closed during the pandemic, um, and they just reopened in December of 2022. So it's, it's a little hard to get a reservation right now because people are so excited to try it again. But yeah, so a couple of initiatives. Uh, there's one called Change Starts Here, which uh, is they're aiming to increase the number of products that the restaurant uses from Black-owned suppliers. And uh, their GM is working with a lot of Black-owned wineries to to get some more um, Black producers on on their wine list. So um, so yeah, some, some stuff like that, which is kind of in keeping with the whole, you know, civil rights history right. of the restaurant. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, we have that story. Is that when is that running? Did it's we... online already, yep. and I believe that it is going to be in print this Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So check it out now on uh, AJC.com. Learn uh, more about uh, the historic Polaris and uh, what they're doing these days. Yeah. So another thing uh, that's uh, happening not soon, but I believe this fall, is that right? Yeah, uh, Madonna? September 5th, uh, but tickets go on sale this week or they're already on pre-sale as we're talking and then the general, you know, the general ticket sales go on Friday for Madonna. Yeah. So she hasn't been here in seven years. Wow. And she's doing like a 40th anniversary celebration. She's yeah. literally calling celebration, I guess. Is she expected to sell out most of her I'm dates, sure. Well, um, yeah, I, I would think, you know, it's State Farm. I would think she would sell out. I mm-hmm. mean, I'd be shocked if she didn't. Um, tickets are already, you know, because of the pre-sales, there are already tickets available on like Vivid and StubHub. And they're starting at about 150 there. I wow. think the cheapest tickets are like 95 I think in the the war seats, and then it goes oh. up. I'm not, I'm not really clear how high up it goes, but I'm sure the That'd VIP tickets are very very high. But that's not surprising. Does uh, she have a new album that she's touring behind? No, she's celebrating. I think I don't think she's got a new album. Not that I know of. I think I think that this is sort of billed as like a hits tour, yeah, basically on the hits yeah. over um, over her span of her very long career. Yeah, probably most of the hits from the 80s and the 90s into the early 2000s. She hasn't really had a hit in recent years. Not too much. Not lately. I no, don't think. Not um, really. Yeah, probably. Some, you know, She'll probably throw the in dance a charts and stuff, maybe occasionally, but uh, yeah, but definitely watch out. I, I, I don't know. She, reputationally, she has tended to show very late. Um, in 2012, she showed up at like 10:30 p.m. She didn't oh my start gosh. with no schedule to start. You know, even if you know, maybe nine is generally when opening. You know, when main main headliners usually yeah. hit the stage is around nine, and then I think she almost it was 10:54 in 2016. Wow. So um, I'm not sure why she has a tendency to be late, but. 
that's just just be aware of that if you go to the concert that well you know, you know maybe if she's getting older maybe she'll start earlier i, yeah. I know i know i go to bed earlier these <laughs> yeah, days same. so yeah uh, we yeah. can only hope yeah has she announced any openers um, I think she has something announced, um, but I, I, I'm not familiar with, uh, let's see, what does she call? Bob the Drag Queen, a.k.a. Oh, really? Caldwell Titicue is her special guest. Bob the Drag Queen, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> I know nothing. So. Yeah. No? Yeah? No, I don't know. <laughs> Bob the Drag Queen's all over the place, it seems to me. But, yeah. Uh, well, we have one locally, yeah, I guess that was on. No, that was Baton Bob. Baton Bob, yeah. Baton That's Bob. different. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, yeah, so Madonna is uh, coming to Atlanta in September. Get your tickets this week. And if you need a link or or anything like that, uh, Rodney has a story on AJC.com on the Georgia Entertainment Scene blog. Going back to restaurants, one of my favorites has relocated and moved and uh, has reopened after they've been closed for a little while. Actually, it hasn't been that long. So Sushi Hayakawa, which is now just known as Hayakawa, uh, they closed in December. Oh, okay. um, yeah. It hasn't. It hasn't been that long. I know. I thought it was longer than. Yeah, that I think too, maybe I'm confused because they were probably closed a bit during the pandemic, and they that's were closed what, a bit yeah. during the pandemic, yeah. and then they closed for uh, a little bit years ago to do some renovations. So they've they've right. been around for 15 years, and uh, yeah, they've had a couple closures here and there. But um, so this is their their newest iteration. It is um, in the Star Metals development in the West Midtown neighborhood, and it's a exciting development for them. I think it's going to be a much more streamlined operation. It's an eight-seat restaurant, and it is strictly omakase. And um, the owner, his name is Hayakawa, he is excited about the possibility of just really bringing a more authentic taste of Japan to his customers with this smaller space. Like, he's really focusing on some truly authentic dishes that he wasn't maybe able to do as much of them in the Buford Highway location for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And uh, and yeah, so they're they're already open. They're doing two seatings a night. And they're just, I thought this was kind of interesting. They're not doing, they're not going to do any cocktails because he said that he didn't want it to disrupt the the flow of the tasting. Um, he, he thinks that cocktails can sort of mess with your taste buds a little bit hmm. as you're doing a, a, a one of these kind of like really fancy omakases. Um, and so they're just doing some sakes, a f- couple beers and wines, and uh, some teas. And yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I never thought that the, the Buford Highway location wasn't particularly big, but yeah, yeah. it's interesting that it's an even smaller space. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is just by design. You know, they just really wanted to focus on customer experience and just keep it very small. And this is interesting. I mean, we, we've talked before on the podcast about, you know, this uh, like renaissance kind of of these omakase restaurants. We've had mm-hmm. several open in the past in the past year, and they are all new they're all totally new concepts and this one is now kind of a newer version of an old concept right because this i mean hayakawa has been around in some iteration for 15 years but this is sort of a new version of that and he he does it really really well he does i've i it's i've never had sushi that good before yeah Uh, it really i mean it's a splurge for sure uh, as is most omakase but I mean, he just yeah. does amazing things. I was just talking earlier about how uh, friends of mine and I, before we went, had talked about having uni before. Oh, and, yeah. And sea urchin mm-hmm. and how awful it was. We hated it. It was it's terrible. definitely either lovely. And then yeah. we had it there. Uh-huh. And it was 
delicious. Yeah, it yeah, was so good. It, it, yeah. it just pointed up the the you know the difference between good sushi and bad sushi. Yeah, and yeah, you know it, when someone does it right, um, it's it's life changing. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing that's kind of cool too is that he's actually holding on to the uh, Buford Highway location building. Mm. He owns that building, and so he he's talked about doing another restaurant in that space, maybe in the spring or summer. Yeah. So you know, I, we might see something else from him in cool. that in that area. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. All right. This is Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The last thing you want to hear when you need your auto insurance most is... Thank you for calling. Please listen to your list of 46 possible service options. Which is why when you choose USAA Auto Insurance, you'll get great service that is easy and reliable. 24-7 online service for claims, access to roadside assistance, and more. All at the touch of a button. Start getting the service you deserve. Get a quote today. Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. We're back on Go Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we're going to talk about uh, some of what's new, what we have been working on on the site and in print. And the first thing I wanted to mention is a story that Rodney did on a new documentary called Sometimes when we touch, uh, and uh, you might... And if we dare start singing it, it's going to get stuck in your head for the next three hours. <laughs> it's an earworm. Sometimes when no, we touch. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just too much. Dan Hill. <laughs> yes. I, I, I have hated that song since I was a child. So. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, I, I, That's yeah, a deep, deep emotional um, yeah. trauma. I remember, I remember when it came out. So, I mean, I, I do love... There's soft rock that I love. That song in particular, I do It's funny that they chose that as the title. I think they liked it because it was one of those divisive songs that some people love and some some people hate, and it kind of personifies what soft rock kind of is. I mean, it's it's really hard to define what soft rock really is, and they try really hard to define what, you know, where, why the Carpenters is soft rock, for instance, or, you know, ABBA, or, you know, there's certain aspects of certain types of music that fit that. See, I wouldn't think of ABBA as They did include it, it was a little bit, um, but, uh, yeah, the Carpenters definitely fit in. Sure. Captain and Tennille, they spoke to, they spoke to Tony Tennille. Right. I mean, this is on Paramount Plus, three-part series, they call it, you know, it's the rise, the ruin, and the resurrection of soft rock, meaning Mm. that there was a period of, uh, you know, the 70s, early 80s, Christopher Cross, Rupert Holmes, all that stuff was really hot. And then it just became MTV came along and just wiped most of it out. Yeah. You know, Christopher Cross was not MTV worthy at all. You know, they never uh, touched him. Yeah, Christopher he disappeared. Cross. He just like uh, well, he and he won like so many fought, Grammys he, that yeah, nineteen eighty. Yeah, when, with when he put out his and, first album, I mean that that album won like all the Grammys. Right. Yeah. Like, right. And I was working at a record store. Uh, I, I, I was actually a buyer for a chain of record stores when his second album came out. And everyone you know, bought 
huge amounts. It's like thinking the, they would sell, thinking they would sell, putting them in record stores, and, and they it, sat there. Of course, by then MTV had already. It was already like yeah, I think by '83. Yeah. I think was, he had that single "All Right," which was a terrible song, yeah. and then he did Arthur's theme a couple of years earlier. But oh, the yeah. time yeah. "All Right" came along, and things yeah. were not all right for Christopher Cross. Yeah, that, that <laughs> second album just tanked, yeah. and, and I, I was a buyer of of cutouts and things like that. So I had tons of that that I bought for pennies on the dollar. I bet you can still find those albums sitting Probably. around outside. <laughs> Walk Street, you know, Walk Street has a little like all the vinyl sitting right. outside for like fifty cents. Right, it's probably out there right now. Yeah, but I can't even remember the name of that album. I can picture it. it had like a flamingo on the cover. I believe. Yes, that is correct. Um, but I can't remember yeah, the name. Definitely of it. not. You know, yeah. MTV said no way. I mean, yeah. and he was, I'm sure, very bitter about it. Yeah, I couldn't blame him. But the the whole, you know, it, it does show how it kind of built back up a lot of hip hop artists, you know, with Regulate, for instance, sampled. I keep forgetting mm-hmm. a lot of songs just started getting sampled from the soft rock era in the 90s right. into the 2000s. And then, of course, Yacht Rock came along right. and people somehow loved Yacht Rock. And we've got Yacht Rock Review, the Atlanta based group. Right. represented in the and, and big boy of outcast talks about his love for a lot of soft rock as right. a sampling option well and, and i mean even I, the uh the indie rock scene at that time where they they did the, there was like a an album of bands covering the carpenters oh interesting. Uh, i believe it was called if i were a carpenter and um yeah I a think lot of those Sonic variety Youth shows was and, was, and they know in the 70s a lot of those variety shows made soft rock really like annoying i mean captain <laughs> Tennille. I mean, all those guys were on those stupid variety yeah, shows, and yep. it just, you know, peeved the hell out of people in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's any, like, I'm sure you're working in a record store at a time, it must have been like, all this stuff is hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, painful. yeah, there yeah, there was a lot of it I did not like. I mean, and you know, even at the time, it's like, I guess the Carpenters, it took a while for me, but I, I love the Carpenters, and... and um, and yeah, some Richard of that Carpenter, other stuff. Yeah, they, really, they give a lot of love for Richard Carpenter. I mean, yeah. he clearly was a brilliant man. And Karen, uh, what I didn't know was that Karen was a great drummer, too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Absolutely. Not just a great vocalist. So, yeah, sure I was. picked up a few things. Uh, That's a good from, bit of from, trivia. From, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they were they were awesome. And and, and there was another tidbit in, in your story that um, the album by Firefall, I don't know if many of you the, remember Firefall, but it was like one of the hottest selling albums quickest selling yeah it was a fast selling album for atlantic records at that point like the first yeah. six months it, it went it sold more copies like in the first six months than any aretha franklin album or something no. weird wow. or, or wow. you know ray charles <laughs> or led zeppelin how yeah. bizarre and most people probably couldn't tell you a firefall song these days so. i don't think i've ever heard of firefall you yeah. know you are yeah. the woman you are the you woman, are the woman that, that I always dreamed <laughs> of. Oh yeah, uh, I know that song. Yeah, that's okay. the thing. You would know songs by them, but you would never. I don't know what they like, look like. A lot of those acts from the '70s are just like faceless to me. Player, I mean, Starbuck. I mean, would I recognize any of these people? Ambrosia. Yeah, oh I yeah, you recognize any of these people? You on wouldn't the street, recognize them because they're all the pre-MTV, right? And, and yeah. they were just a bunch and of. And they these probably random... all looked exactly alike with like the mustaches yes. and the shaggy hair. Yeah. And like, and they did note that Hollow Notes was the exception. They managed; they oh, were yeah. good looking, and they managed to sort of segue themselves into doing MTV videos. And their music right. was a little yeah. more. You know, they had a couple of soft, rocky hits in the mid '70s, like you know, Sarah Smile. Sarah, Sarah Smile. But that's a that's in the '80s, they managed to sort of come up with more of a techno '80s sound. Well, and they were also featured on the Flashdance soundtrack, which I. I think that was like a big. Uh, there were a lot of videos from that movie. I think that were featured, right? Like was Hollow Notes on the Flashdance? Yeah, they, they? Um, I don't know. I, I don't recall. Wasn't Maneater on the Flashdance soundtrack? Not that I know of. Really? I don't recall. I, don't so. I, I, oh. I can't say that I remember. Well, then I'm totally wrong on that. <laughs> no, you might be. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Think so. That's something that we would have to look up. I guess so. Right now. Um, 
yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Hall and Oates, they, they segued into no. that. Yeah. Those Ken Carnes and Laura Branigan and <laughs> Michael Cimbella. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's course, okay. I the see the late great Irene. Cara. There's a song called "Manhunt" on the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> uh, carrying who? I don't know who? And I is. thought it was Maneater. My okay. bad. Sorry. <laughs> Close. Not quite. We can cut that out, right? Yeah. No, that's okay. No. <laughs> no. No. This is not deliberate disinformation here. Just a yeah. mistake. So. Right. Just Yvonne right. being. Don't dumb. take it all as fact, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't even. I never looked at the soundtrack before. But there's even a love theme from Flash Dance. I don't know. I never. I don't, I don't recall yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Some someone named Helen St. John. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Mm. That's a, that sounds oh. like a yacht rock name. Yeah. I feel like. Well, was, I, I well, bet that was the peak theme. of her career. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, there's a love theme from Saint Elmo's Fire that David Foster did. Oh my. Oh was, yeah. The thing I remember from that is that the God. The, Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. That's the, the, the John Parsons. Oh God, uh, <laughs> that that makes me shudder. Just the thought of that song—it's so overblown. Anyway, um, moving on from soft rock, um, we have a um, a story on hot toddies, which I think sounds perfect for uh, a rainy day. Yeah, today's on the warmer side, yeah. but but it's you know definitely still a good time, always a good time for a hot toddy. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, yeah, uh, one of our writers, Angela Hansberger, uh, did a roundup of places to get variations on uh, on the hot toddy around town. So uh, there's the Pancha de Frutas at Palo Santo, which is a pretty recently opened Mexican restaurant. Uh, in West Midtown, and it's uh, it's a punch that has uh, you know lots of seasonal fruits and spices, and some you know a little bit more of a, a Mexican flair to it. And then uh, Poor Hendrix in Eastlake has an apple hot toddy, which I think sounds delicious, mm. uh, made with some apple cider. And then uh, Atlanta Hard Cider, they offer a red hot toddy, which is cinnamon infused, which also sounds delicious to mm. me. So yeah, so she, uh, I believe she has eight places to check out for warming drinks cool. um, around town. Yeah, That's good to know. Yeah, Let's so see. that's online right now. Yeah, because yeah, we still got still got a few more weeks of winter here That's to go. That's true. So, Groundhog uh, Day is coming up, so we'll see how yeah, long we'll, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the uh, groundhogs have to say, uh, yeah. both here and in uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. Um, Tony. Yep. That's right. So uh, anyway, and, and do we have some uh, openings uh, happening, like uh, some new restaurants? And yeah, I mean there were uh, there have been a couple announcements in the past week of restaurants that are going to be coming soon. Cafe Almanara is going to be taking over the. Tenth uh, and Piedmont and G's oh, right. Midtown spaces, right in the heart of Midtown, right at the mm-hmm. corner of Tenth and Piedmont, um, and it's a Tulum-inspired restaurant, same owner as G's and Tenth and Piedmont, um, but it's kind of the end of an era. I mean, G's has been in that in that space for uh, I believe 22 years, yeah. and Tenth uh, and Piedmont has been I believe a decade or maybe a little bit more, and so yeah, both of those restaurants are going to be combined into one big. Mexican restaurant, and I believe uh, it's going to be opening in February or March. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I hope that. they're doing brunch at that intersection. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are planning <laughs> on doing brunch. Yeah, no kidding. That is like brunch central. It really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been some changes in that whole area. I know Boy Next Door is moving 
they are mm-hmm. from from like down near. Oh, because the Piedmont uh, Park is forcing because, them out, well, right? Yeah. No, well, it's the, the Botanical Garden. Oh, the Botanical right. Gardens. Right, it's yeah. expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're moving up the street, which mm-hmm. you know, makes yeah, perfect sense to where, where they're moving. Yeah, so. yeah. And then um, there's a restaurant coming to North Druid Hills called Mobe Spice. Uh, it's a mother and her uh, her daughters, um, and it's their first restaurant. And it's just, you know, Jamaican food, and they're wanting to kind of bring a taste of their heritage to Atlanta. And so. where's this going to be? It's going to be in North Druid Hills. I don't know the exact address. Sorry, I'm always asking when it's something that's close to me. And I, I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> I want to go that's there. that's why you're asking. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be 2953 North Druid Hills Road um, okay. in a former fishbowl poke space. Okay. But yeah, they've been kind of uh, testing out some recipes. They're also going to be doing brunch. They're gonna. They're doing a French toast with creamy rum sauce, and mm. so it's like a Jamaican-inspired menu, obviously. So, um, lots of those types of things. So, yeah, they're hoping to open uh, in March. Awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, Rodney just talked with a local actor who uh, I was fascinated. I started just started reading the story, actually. Uh, Steve Coulter, who I had never heard of, but boy, he has quite a resume. Well, actually. I mean, he's a character actor. So right. He, he doesn't even expect you to know his name. I mean, you've just <laughs> seen him. I did a piece on a guy named Mike, Mike Panuski, who also has like hundreds of credits, right. like, you know, all over the place. He He's actually just, he's 63, but he's only recently kind of picked up more decent credits. And he's going to be part of Shotgun Wedding, which is a romantic comedy starring J-Lo and right. uh, Josh Dumal. And, and there's a bunch of really good actors. And, you know, Lenny Kravitz is in it. Uh, Darcy Gordon from Good Place is in it. Oh, yeah. um, oh, but I, Jennifer Darcy Coolidge. Carden. Darcy yeah. Carden, yeah. sorry. And um, Steve Coulter is the husband of Jennifer Coolidge. So he's oh, playing man. with the father-in-law. It's a plum role. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Just working <laughs> next to Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. It's like dream come true stuff. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I talked to him quite a bit. They, they shot it in the D- Dominican Republic in 2021 in the middle of the pandemic. So they had to quarantine all the actors in wow. one place, like in one like little mansion. They had to keep all the major players. Like So he had to, he, he had to spend six weeks, in, you know, sharing... You know, bathroom space with you know Lenny Kravitz and Cheech Marin. I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, what honestly. a weird. Well, I know. I don't know about the Cheech Marin part, but <laughs> the Lenny Kravitz part. I know. It's like, yeah, he said it. Yeah, it sounded like a, it sounds like a really weird, like a, you know, WB of the surreal life, you know, re- reality show to have Jennifer Coolidge in there. And yeah, <laughs> it's like that Judd Apatow movie that came out a few months yes, ago. Very on much Netflix. too. Yeah, it's very yeah. very similar. Except they didn't obviously tape this. I, I don't know what what happened there. You know, while yeah. he was there, he said of course he said it went great i'm yeah. sure it was for him i mean he was clearly not one of the big stars there but he got to sort of hang out with all these big stars yeah that's cool um but yeah he has no yeah, he's one of those yeah he's a character he's used to not he, he likes to be invisible that's he's fine you know he saw he said he went to the opener for shock you know the, the premiere for shotgun wedding and he saw you know the the security detail for jennifer lopez he's like thank god i don't have to deal with that you know right. he's fine you know just doing his job and he's going to be like in a He's going to be in another uh, in a Netflix movie. Um, ne- I think we have a ghost next month, mm. uh, which I think also starts Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's he's going to be part of a uh, yeah. He's got a bunch of really interesting uh, projects coming up yeah. this year. So the guy's doing really well. So I thought it was nice to give him a little bit of love. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I love hearing about local actors that you may not you may not know. And that's I mean, that just goes to and he, show and he did a lot of theater work here, too. We yeah, the Alliance and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was, I mean, that's just another thing that, that our our, you know, the all the film industry that we have here brings us is, you know, work for 
local actors. Absolutely. No, yeah. He And he actually, one most interesting thing about him is, in one sense, that he was a head writer for Tyler Perry in the late 2000s huh. for, like, oh, Meet wow. the Browns. This this 62-year-old white dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of random. But huh. he did, like, 200 episodes of House of Pain and Meet the Browns over three years. Got yeah. so burnt out. But it was a good experience, he said. But, sure. I mean, you can imagine mm. how much work that was. But, yeah. you know, he got to work with Tyler Perry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like it's like this movie. It doesn't sound like my thing, but I, you know who lo- everybody loves Jennifer Coolidge and it's a, uh, it's a silly and I love Darcy Gordon yeah. too. And I yeah. mean, she she posted some great pictures on Instagram of of the opening that you mentioned when they did like the premiere or whatever of her and Jennifer Coolidge together. It's really cute. It's easy come, easy go. It's a fun movie. It's kind of yeah. like it's, it's kind of like the Lost City, the one with Sandra Bullock. And, oh yeah, and it's similar. It's got that kind of spirit of that just vibe. like it's a goofy couple situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And then there's like random violence that just happens. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we can uh, wrap it up here. And uh, uh, I am going to uh, start with uh, one fun thing to do this weekend. This was this one's less fun and more uh, interesting and educational. Um, Boring. Just kidding. No. It's 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 it sounds fascinating to me. It's. Uh, it's called Ararat, uh, The Beginning, uh, and it's uh, by uh, an ensemble called Stabe Dance. Um, they're a local dance troupe, and uh, this is – it's sort of uh, an exploration of uh, the Armenian genocide. So oh, wow. it's it's not really light entertainment, I would say, but it, it really does sound fascinating. Uh, it's all about the, uh, the facts, the implications, and the diaspora that followed the Armenian genocide in the early 20th century uh, in Turkey. Uh, and the guy who did it, uh, who's the, the choreographer, he's Armenian-Iranian. Um, so... It's it sounds interesting and it, this is sort of um, uh, an early look at the project. They're they're planning to do like a bigger premiere later on in the year. Uh, but the story that we have is from our partners at Arts ATL, uh, and it's a great story. We have it online at AJC.com, and Arts ATL is also sponsoring a couple of workshops uh, around the this. Um, performances that are happening this weekend the performances are actually the 26th through the 28th at emory schwartz center in the dance studio uh but they'll also have um some sort of conversations and and talks about uh the work itself on january 28th both at 10 a.m and at 3 p.m so you can find information on that on the story on ajc.com from our friends at arts atl and what do you have yvonne I have a tasty event or a a thing going on um, on Saturday, uh, January 28th from 9 to 11, Fox Brothers Barbecue. They don't do this very often, but at their uh, location at the Works in West Midtown, they're going to be doing a breakfast taco pop-up. All of their smoked meats in their homemade tortillas um, and their homemade salsas. They're also going to be offering some of their kolaches that they they do from time to time. So I am looking forward to that. So it's it's 9 to 11 or until sold out. It's, that sounds uh, really cool because yeah. that's something we don't have enough of here is breakfast tacos. It's like, you know, you can get tacos tacos everywhere but a lot of places don't necessarily do breakfast tacos yeah yeah i feel like it's like a like something you see a lot in like austin or oh yeah you know, more like the southwest when, yeah but, when yeah. you're in texas you can get breakfast tacos anywhere yeah well and the fox brothers are from texas so yep. i guess you know this is like a little taste of home and kolaches them, so. you can't get oh for you sure <laughs> yeah that's definitely a texas thing so. so yeah that sounds great yeah all right so what have you got rodney 
Oh, I, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to recommend that this weekend the Fox Theater has the 25th anniversary of Riverdance, oh. which you almost think it seems a lot older than 25 years. And in yeah. fact, I went back and it really isn't. It's I, I think it really started in 1994, which is more like 30 years. I don't know where the 25th anniversary thing right. is coming from exactly. But yeah, I, Michael Flatley's not there, but I, I guess the entire they're going to sort of resurrect right. the, the dance. And, I, I you know, it's, it's a mix of Irish dance and it's not just the stepping stuff. I think they mix it up right. quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, I, I get a sense it's just a lot of fun. It's just a visual feast right. if you're into that type of thing. Is it? So, ju- it's just one night? It's all weekend. I think oh, there are five weekend. shows this weekend oh, at wow. the Fox Theater. So they are obviously anticipating some demand that people, yeah. that there's a group of people out there who loves Riverdance. Um, oh, yeah. There's a group of yeah. people who hates Riverdance, too. So it's... I mean, 25 yeah. years is nothing to sneeze at, obviously. No. Yeah. Yeah, if, they're, if they're still going at this point, there's yeah. obviously people out there. There's obviously an audience for yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, in this week's Go Guide, uh, we'll offer some ways that you can mark Black History Month, which is coming up in February. And also the AJC will be having uh, we'll have a story every day of the month throughout February. And some of the things that that we'll talk about in this week's Go Guide, uh, you can go to a show at the High Museum or visit the National Center for Civil and Human Rights right here in Atlanta. And in Sunday's Living and Arts section, we'll have Rodney's story on the relaunch of 99X, along with Bo Emerson's preview of the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. And now it's time for our Pet of the Week. If you want a dog that will make people just a little bit jealous, this week's Pet of the Week, Barkley, is the one for you. This adorable tuxedo boy loves his treats and making new friends. Although he doesn't handle shelter stress very well, and who can blame him, he's been in a foster home and was given rave reviews. He's potty trained, crate trained, great on a leash and in the car, and doesn't seem faced by squirrels on walks, so he might be able to live with a cat. His foster says his best quality is that he's gentle and so easygoing you'll forget he's even there. Schedule an appointment to meet Barkley by emailing Lifeline Animal Project at adoptions at FultonAnimalServices.com or go to the Fulton County Animal Services Shelter at 860 Marietta Boulevard in Atlanta. You'll find a photo of Barkley and a link to his shelter profile on the story page for this podcast at AJC.com. Thanks for listening to Go Atlanta. We release new episodes every Thursday morning to keep you in the loop of all the great things Atlanta has to offer, whether it involves planning an outing or just giving you something to talk about with friends and family. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Thanks, as always, to Rodney Ho. Shane, you're always the biggest part of me. (laughs) And Yvonne Zussel. Sometimes when we touch, it almost <laughs> seems too much. And I am Shane Harrison. Thanks for listening to our brand new podcast. We'll talk to you again next week for more ways to go Atlanta. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. 
I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.